drink it in now. Touchdown Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in now. Kool-Aid drinkers, we are back here on the podcast. I'm your host, Derek Oakry, coming to you on the Wednesday show. And today, I've got the man, the myth, the legend, the star over at the Believe Podcasting Network. It's at Joey Sports Guy on Twitter and IG. He's the king of sports media. I'm here to tell you. He's a Bears media mogul, this guy. And yet, I still let him come on the show. Your friend and mine, the one and only Joey Christopoulos, ladies and gentlemen. Joey, you're back on the Kool-Aid cast. How you doing? Uh, Happy New Year, Derek. Happy to be back on the pod, uh, coming to you live from my throne, which you were so nicely uh, (laughs) able to categorize me as. And yeah, man, you're catching me on a really interesting Bears day. A lot of Bears news, a lot more Bears news to figure out, a lot of NFC North issues to talk about. I'm excited to be here, man. Let's get into it. Let's do this. Joey, we got lions to talk about. Let me serve up the people some of that Detroit Kool-Aid. Drink it in now. Side of cornbread. Cornbread. Make it a double. Cornbread. Joey, we got lots to get into. On the back half of the show, we're going to get into the state of the franchise, mostly for the Detroit Lions, but we may compare them to your Chicago Bears here on the podcast today. But before we get into that... I mean, we got some news and notes. I want to talk about these crazy NFL playoff games. I may or may not have an overtime rules rant for the people. We may beat up on Green Bay and Minnesota, as me and you and No like to do. We might give Super Bowl predictions. But before we do that, Joey, rumor innuendo is that the Reverend Jim Caldwell might be the next head coach of the Chicago Bears. I mean, I don't know if this is true or not, but I know Jim would tell me we got to check the report. Um policy is still the same check the report (laughs) exactly and when he said that amazing quote which we used here a ton in detroit it became a remix (laughs) the questions that you ask uh, a waste of time (laughs) joey i'm checking the report with you is Jimothy Caldwell going to be the next ho- head coach of the Chicago Bears? Because if so, he's going to be a wonderful human. He's going to get your team respect. But you're not going to win anything of substance, I'm here to tell you. Well, as of as we're taping this on a Tuesday late afternoon, it's looking <laughs> like a no, Derek, that he will not be the head coach of the Chicago Bears. It is true. He is the finalist. He's among three finalists right now with the defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus from the Indianapolis Colts. And now the new leader in the clubhouse, the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, former coach of the Atlanta Falcons, Dan Quinn. Uh, With our GM now in-house with Ryan Poles, the vibe was that Jim Caldwell was the choice of George McCaskey, chairman, and also Bill Polian, the consultant that was going to come in and help them find the coach. Caldwell obviously ties to the Indianapolis Colts moving forward. But it doesn't look like the 67-year-old is going to be coming to coach in Chicago. I would not rule him out as an offensive coordinator, Derek, but I don't think he's going to be the head coach. I want to throw it back at you, man. I mean, yeah, talk a little bit more about Jim Caldwell during this time. 36-28 and 28 as the Detroit Lions coach. I mean, you have to have a, you have a little love for him, right? Jim Caldwell is a wonderful human being. I would love him as my neighbor. He, he, mm-hmm. he can probably preach an amazing speech in the locker room or on Sundays at the pulpit. But I don't want him as the head coach of my football team. I didn't see enough fire. I didn't see enough mm-hmm. good in-game management. He, he wore two watches, yet he could not manage the clock in ball games. So I'm not a fan necessarily. I have nothing against the man, the person. But... He did put out a really nice Christmas album. Duets. A Caldwell Christmas. Things of that nature. Hogwash. Okay. Every game is different. 
The best part you would get about Jim Caldwell is his amazing sound bites, things of that nature. Check the report. Um, this, that, and the other. All these crazy things he would say. He he would quote. He's, books he's a wild no guy. Reason. He's a he's a wild guy. The guy that you want to have a wild night on the town with. That's what you're saying. He would he would quote things to sound smart. Yet he couldn't win us big ball games when they mattered. I mean that's Jim Caldwell for you. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean I know you're trying to get Dan Quinn. He's a tough guy. You want this? I I'm not ruling him out as the next coach. I know you got a new GM. You're the Bears guy here on the show. But we're not scared of the Chicago Bears whatsoever here on the Kool-Aid cast, I must say. But there's a lot going on in your world right now. I I get it. You're excited. You got a new GM. Maybe you'll get a new fancy head coach. I mean, is your quarterback going to play well? What else is your roster going to do? We may dig into that in the back part of the show where I will prove to you that the Detroit Lions have a much better future than your Chicago Bears. But we could get into that later. What I want to throw to you in, these NFL playoff games, they were crazy. I I mean, Matt Stafford's winning ball games. Games are getting upsets. No home teams are winning. Number one seeds are out. It was probably the most incredible NFL weekend any of us had ever seen. What do you think, Joey? I am such an anti uh, hyperbole guy, and I feel like everything that we do now is like you know the greatest of all time, the greatest of all this. But Derek, man, I agree with you, man. That was awesome. That was so awesome. I mean, everything from the look, the Bengals Tennessee game wasn't exactly the most aesthetically pleasing game to see, especially with Joe Burrow getting sacked nine times. But again, came down to the wire. You know, Tennessee got back into it, and Cincinnati made it happen with that field goal in the end. And then just in terms of, I found the Forty Niners Green Bay game to actually be quite like thrilling you know what I mean the 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 visual of the snow coming down you know some plays here and there no one could catch a pass there's some fumbles flying around and then all of a sudden in the very very end somehow San Francisco finds a way to come up with those points in the end to take the lead and then obviously Sunday those games were amazing Um, I am the guy that says never count Tom Brady out never do it I don't care what the score is I don't care how much time is left on the clock you never do it he came back he made it interesting your boy Matt Stafford I mean, unfortunately, moving you know the draft picks down for the Lions a couple of places, but whatever, no big deal. You had that second-round pick right on the back end. You're like the snake draft in fantasy football. Good for you guys. And then that final <laughs> game, I mean, Derek, what else is there to say, man? I mean, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, it was a solid game, right? Like, it was an entertaining game, but then all of a sudden, those last 30 to 35 minutes, I mean, it turned into something where I, I didn't want the game to end. That was the bummer. It was like, I don't even care who won. It just, I never wanted it to end. It was really, really an incredible week, and hopefully we get another one this weekend. Joey, there's so much to unpack there. First of all, you said you're not a fan of hyperbole. I mean, that's all this show is, is hyperbole. This is all I do is go up over the top here on the show. You also <laughs> mentioned Stafford, so we got to do the Stafford blast. I mean, I said it was basically barred from the show, but we'll do it. Stafford! <laughs> then you went on to talk about that smug pompous, arrogant guy in Green Bay. You want to talk about all is great, the snow, the this, that. It was great seeing that arrogant, you know what, get bounced again because he's simply this. You pompous, stuck up, snot nose, giant twerp, scumbag. <laughs> that capsulized Aaron Rodgers. The thing that I hated... My heart went out to the city of Buffalo. I mean, Josh Allen won that football game by making two, three, ten huge plays at the end of that ball game. He had it won. How you give up two big throws, Patrick Mahomes or not, is ridiculous. How you end up losing that football game for a city like that that went to, what, four Super Bowls, never won one, had another chance to go and possibly could have cashed in this year to get bounced was tough to watch. I mean, I was so glad, so glad to see Ryan Tannehill get bounced because I can't stand the Tennessee Titans. They are the worst team to watch in all of football. And to see him just have a horrible game, turn it over and get just exited so early just made my absolute weekend. Uh, It it was incredible. And I I mentioned this. I'm going to throw it back to you. The Buffalo Chiefs game. You know, all the back and forth were crazy. Patrick Mahomes ripped your heart out and gets that late field goal. But all anybody wants to talk about is the overtime. Like, 
I got two questions for you. I'm going to combo meal them. First of all, this amazing playoff that we talk about, can my Lions and your Bears compete with this type of football? I feel like there's great ball being played offensively and across the board. I don't know if we can hang as much Kool-Aid as I'm drinking over here. And secondly, what about all these pansies that are talking about changing the overtime rules? Everyone gets a try. What is this? Like Little League Baseball? Everybody gets a chance at the plate? Wait, baseball's banned from this podcast. I forgot. It's the sport we shall not speak of. Anyway... You need to play defense. You didn't lose because of a coin toss. You couldn't stop anyone. Like, the rules are fine how they are. I don't want to hear all these, hey, let's play another quarter and whoever has the most points. Hey, let's go to the college rule. Let's do this. No. Stop someone. It didn't come down to a coin toss. Not everyone gets a try. It's called overtime sudden death. And they scored a touchdown on you and beat you. End of story. Joey, are you with me on this? Are you one of these truthers that wants to give everybody a chance, make it equal, change everything, and, and, and just ruin the incredible end of that football game? Uh, let's start with your first parter real quick. Uh, one, neither of our football teams. I'm sorry, this is the Robitussin. You're drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm, sever- I'm serving up the medicine right now. Uh, neither of our football teams are close to the Super Bowl of winning them next year. Um, we are in that category of just very much like the NBA, right? There's only so many quarterbacks that give you that advantage, like the Josh Allens and Patrick Mahomes of the world. Like, you guys do not have a quarterback. We think that we do. I don't know if we do, right? So, obviously, either way, the, uh, the, the only way that either of our teams are going to a Super Bowl right now is that, like, lightning in a bottle, heavy defense. You know what I mean? That team that shows up like the Ravens every couple of years that has a shot, <laughs> shot at doing it. Uh, the second part is I'm a thousand percent with you on the overtime. Look, the game's got to end one way or the other, Derek. You know what I'm saying? Like the fairness of it completely undercuts the whole concept of competition. So the fact that we already changed the rules to give each of them a possession, unless there was a touchdown, was supposed to satiate this thing. And now people are more pissed off than ever before. So I'm right there with you, man. I have heard some interesting ones. I want to throw this one back at you and see what you thought about this. Now, in terms of the touchdown on the first possession and the game is over, the one that I heard that was kind of intriguing, it's a little cockamamie, so I want to hear your thought on this. If they score a touchdown on the first drive, the other team gets the football back. The other team on that possession has to score a touchdown. Not only do they have to score a touchdown, but now they also have to go for two. Nope. What do you what do you think about that? Where they actually do get the ball back in that nope. scenario, they can try again. But the concept is, if they score, the game is ending one way or the other. They're either getting six or they're getting eight. They're not getting seven. What do you think about that one, Joey? You're a friend. I love having you on the show. <laughs> but here's the thing: it's not you. I only heard this from some other jabron. But like, <laughs> this makes no sense. That especially, but what makes me laugh is all these very quote-unquote intelligent people get in a room and they come up with the dumbest (laughs) resolutions. Like we got all these things about player safety and people are saying, make it another 10-minute quarter, whoever has the most points at the end Play forever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that makes no sense. But here's why your thing you just threw at me makes double no sense. So the team that goes down on you and scores a touchdown is now going to have to play defense and if you move the football all the way down the field and score, now the second team that scores gets the chance to win the game with a two-point? That makes no sense to me. That's an advantage the second team. Not only do I know what I got to do, but I get a chance to just beat you with a two-point, and and now your season comes down to, can you defend a two-point conversion? Have you seen how stupid two-point conversions are? A play from the two-yard line where they run all these reverse sweep, motion, ridiculous throw it to a, a offensive tackle play? No, my season's not coming down to that. It's also not coming down to, hey, your team just got beat up. Now you get a chance. No, you should have stopped them. You should have maybe won it in regulation by, I don't know, not giving up 60 yards in 10 seconds or, I don't know, not kicking the ball into the end zone and squib kicking it and giving Patrick Mahomes like six seconds rather than the 13 that he used to put it into overtime. This is ridiculous talk to me. There's no good solution other than if the game is tied the teams play until one team unties it and then the game is over which is what we have now and they they made the adjustment with the field goal rule i'm fine with that because it used to be two throws you have a field goal and it would end it so they fixed that little loophole now if they go all the way down the field on you my thing with overtime is the team that 
plays defense, in my opinion, has the advantage. What, it's easy to go 75 yards and score? You have 75 yards to hold down, and then you get the chance to go uh, tie it with a field goal or win the game. I would rather be playing defense start overtime. So don't, don't get me started, sir. Like, I, I like you. The, I the, know, other one, like, the other one that's kind of, the other one that's oh just boy. sort of intriguing <laughs> is, the, is beyond the, uh, so you get the coin flip, right? And then you get to decide whether you want, or I think it's like you can decide what was it. You can decide what yard line you want to take it on, and then the other team decides whether they want to be on defense for that or have the ball for that. No, to me that gets into that whole like college. Just place the ball on the thirty and and go from there. That's not football to me. I heard something today. I know it's just people. People hate the coin flip. I think it's what it is. People keep are obsessed about the coin flip, and I think that's probably where a lot of the outrage is being drawn. Everyone, everyone's assuming after the fact that when that coin flip was over, the game was over. Nobody really knew that until they moved all the way down the field and threw a great ball to uh, Travis Kelsey. You can. It's easy to say it then. Oh, we knew they were going to go all way down the field i didn't feel like that game no, was over just because no you still got to do it yeah for sure yeah they went out and made plays and you didn't so i i don't know man like it's it's a crazy thing so many people are asking me about it left right and center i'm like no i'm good with it it's totally good how it is i don't want to gimmick it up anymore um i i hate nhl three on three i hate all these other machinations people make mm. to sort of get it together it's like no keep the game almost the way it is but first team to score wins it's it's any overtime i've ever known as a fan and enjoyed is like we're in sudden death basically and like because they tweaked it with a little bit of hey you get a second chance if i only kick a field goal is okay but again i was sort of okay with it where i score i win i mean what 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 is overtime really in sports it's that we're tied and whoever unties it wins a ball game that's as as simple as i can break it down so i don't know man the, they'll do it forever anytime anything ever like I don't know. People want to change every rule. I feel like nowadays, you know, they want to overthink well, as things. Long as, it suits their, as long as it suits their outcome. Right. I mean, I think that's yeah. what it's really driving towards too, as well as like, and that's the other part is like, people are really into like, um, just kind of weighing in from like the cheap seats on like injustice. Uh, we're, and we're sticking to sports on this particular topic of like, well, that's not fair and that's not right. And then everyone gets to weigh in and everyone gets to have their say right. and think they're right. Um, I will say though, I do like the three on three, man. I really do because no, I don't. I hockey. don't like seeing. I don't like seeing four overtimes um, in November and December in a hockey season. Um, I don't. I don't like that. Um, I don't. You you just mentioned player safety with the NFL. I think that falls in line with that too as well. So I think the three on three kind of helps sort of expedite the process a little bit. When you get to the playoffs, of course, you keep it the same and you play. All night long, doesn't matter, whatever happens. But to get through an 82-game season, a little three-on-three, three, I'm, I'm cool with that. Oh, God, it looks so ridiculous. Like, the, there's so much ice. It's like three kids on their back pond just skating around playing keep away. It's ridiculous. Wide I mean, it's open, like, baby. It's yeah. like the NFL. Yeah. They decide, hey, we know how we'll change it. Let's put six guys on the field for both teams. That'll, that'll be better. No, that won't be football. <laughs> That's some other machination that you made up. Anyway, Joey, you got me hot. <laughs> that'd, be got cra- me. that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. <laughs> We're going to go down to three offensive linemen. That'll be better. No. This yeah. is, Only this the is offensive linemen play. They have to play quarterback and wide receiver, and then we just <laughs> see what, what happens. And what I love is, like, I'm sure it'll go to the competition committee. They'll come up with some ridiculous thing because it's been brought up a couple times. You got these guys that are, like, highly paid people, can't figure out the college football playoff. It's like, it, I don't know. They're just getting paid to do nothing or to come up with stupid answers to questions i mean every year they change three four rules just because they felt like they wanted to all of a sudden like it's it makes no sense joey we got to talk lions we got to talk state of the franchise i knew i was going to get going crazy right there we already beat up on the uh packers a little bit obviously minnesota is just an absolute mess but before we get to state of the franchise focused on the lions super bowl predictions i got the rams matt stafford against this was a hard call because I love Joey Burrow. Oh, to pay me to do it, but give me Pat Mahomes just because he's that incredible. And give me Matt Stafford over the Chiefs, Super Bowl champion, because I love Odell. I love a team that's got stars. Their jerseys are incredible. It's in their backyard, in their home stadium. It's a perfect story. It will happen, I'm here to tell you. 
What do you got? Uh, I, I like Chiefs-Rams. I think that's a good call. Um, it's going to be hard for the 49ers to beat the Rams three times in a row. And even though Cam Akers did fumble him back on the field, gives them a little bit more of a multi-dimension on offense. And I think they've looked pretty they look pretty solid and rejuvenated defensively. Uh, I think the Chiefs win this one. Um, I think they go all the way. Um, you know, I just think it's a bit of Mahomes' time. I have a big thing about Mahomes is, you know, he's not going to win the Super Bowl every year, you guys. You know, Kelsey and Tyreek Hill eventually will age out of their prime, and they are going to have to reload around him. But for right now, in this moment, with no one else really in his way, I do think this is Mahomes' Super Bowl to lose. And yet, Derek, man, where are you on that? I mean, like, in the in the dark recesses of your soul, man, I mean, are you are you happy for Stafford? Or does it kind of like just does it piss you off that you know what I mean? Your quarterback could go to a Super Bowl, is going to a Super Bowl, could win a Super Bowl, then maybe win a Super Bowl, and you guys had him for ten or twelve years, and your organization couldn't get it together. I mean, like, does that make you mad or does it make you happy for Stafford? Where are you on that? Oh, Joey, we got to get it to our sponsor. You just opened a twenty-minute segment. Let me take a quick drink. Oh boy, quick. drink it in. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Let me break it down to you like this. Who who came on your show about a year and a half ago and said that Matt Stafford had to go from the Detroit Lions? Oh, you did. That that was me. Who who, who came? I've come on this podcast many a times and say I'm totally fine and happy with the Matt Stafford trade. You want to know why, Joey? Because I got two first round picks. I got a third round pick. I'm redoing my team and he couldn't win anything here by himself or with the talent put around him. So. I've continued to say on the show, and yes, there's been shows where I take little shots at him or I make fun, but I mostly make fun of the Matt Stafford loyalists, the people that act like he threw every completion, he did everything perfect, and the only thing wrong was everything else in Detroit, but this guy was flawless. No, that wasn't the case. I put it out on Twitter, at Derek Ogre recently, I said, I'm happy for Matt Stafford, I've been rooting for him. But the reason he's winning is because he's a good quarterback. He's in a great offense. And because they have Odell, Vaughn, Aaron Donald, <laughs> Cooper Cup, shall I go on, Van Jefferson, yep. other players on defense, uh, Jalen Ramsey, all these all pros. So, yes, if you surround a great quarterback and a great offense with great players on both sides of the football, that plus that talent equals wins and equals winning at a high level. And that's what he's doing right now. So I'm totally happy with it. But here in Detroit, man, people are going crazy left, right, and center about, I told you so, look at it, you know, Detroit was the problem. He ruined them. Detroit didn't have those ball players. You know, we missed on lots of second round picks. We He didn't make people better here yeah. in the city of Detroit. He didn't win when he had playoff chances. This guy did not go to any playoff games. He just lost all of them because of the town around him and because of how he played at times. So, for me, the only beef is with the people that think he's perfect and he never made a mistake. Now you're getting to see the best out of the guy with a great team around him. Congratulations. I'm happy. I hope he lifts the trophy and I have no beef because I got two firsts and a third and my team's rebuilding and congratulations to him. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Oh man, Joey, we are off to a hot start. People are like, are you going to talk about the state of the franchise with the Lions? I absolutely am. I'm going to do it after this commercial break from our great sponsors. And we got the king of all media here. He's bringing takes. He's asking questions. He's bringing incredible knowledge, as he always does when he comes on the Kool-Aid cast. That's Joey Christopoulos, also doing great work at rotoballer.com and probably eight other websites that I don't even know about. This guy is the man. We're coming back, talking Lions, state of the franchise. And I'm sure he's going to get some bears talking and i'm gonna take cheap shots to the bears that's what we do everybody we'll be right back get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of tom brady a netflix live event happening may 5th hosted by kevin hart the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, everybody. This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You could put franchise tags on guys. 
it's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Kool-Aid drinkers are back from the break. When I have this guy on the show, he does something to me. He kind of, he always ruffles my feathers. He gets me out of rants. He, he said he's not about hyperbole. I tell him when he comes on the show that I'm going to do hyperbole and go crazy. And that's kind of what I've done here early on the show. But we're talking Detroit Lions. We got into a whole bunch of NFL topics. But before we get going, let me fill up that glass for you Kool-Aid drinkers. Drink it in, man. And Joey, on this back segment, we're talking about state of the franchise. Everybody kind of wants to know where the Detroit Lions are at. You took a shot earlier at our quarterback. Back. I've been on here saying that Jared Goff, uh, he can't throw, but he did play really well the back half of the year. He, he threw wobbly spirals all over the field to Amon Ross, St. Brown, Josh Reynolds and others. DeAndre Swift came back, looked nice. I mean, we put some W's together. I know you missed a week or, or uh, appearance or two here on the show, but we've been putting up W's since then. We had a nice finish to the season. We ended two years on the Cardinals. <laughs> two. We ended the Green Couple, Bay Packers. Why, why do you think? The, why do you think that smug, arrogant, you know what's out? Because the Lions did him in once again to end the season. I mean, this team's got mojo. We've got a lot going. Dan Campbell's feeling good about himself. So is this team. So when you talk about state of the franchise, let's just break it down. And like I said, since you're the Bears guy, I mean, let's just start with draft picks. I mean, the Detroit Lions have resources, baby. I just laid them out. Multiple first-round picks. You wouldn't know anything about that in Chicago. Um, do you even know what a first-round pick is? Oh, nope. Not this year. Not again. Um, um, the Lions have lots of draft capital. They're going to just sit there, play the board, take talent. I'm not sure if they're going to take a QB or not. I'm good either way. If they like one, they take one. Great. If they don't, load up on other talent. We'll get one next year. No problem. Um, but lots of, I think, nine draft picks with our comp picks, which will be a third round and a fifth. Um, nine total picks. I looked at your squad. No first rounder. I think you got four or five picks in those mid to later rounds. Good luck on that. Um, so I feel like the Lions... When it comes to draft picks, I mean, we're looking good as a franchise. People are loving the potential to see what Brad Holmes does with these picks. And it's going to be very exciting this offseason to see what happens there. No, look, this is very fair. I think uh, when we're going to go through each part of the franchise, I think first check mark for draft picks goes to the Lions for sure. Yeah, you guys got two, probably anywhere 28 to 32 and 34, and then it goes list on and on. Um, that's impressive. Yeah, the Bears do not have a first-round pick. We do not have a fourth-round pick this year. And then, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what our new GM does to kind of – does he hold Pat this year and kind of get all of our capital back, truly reset heading into the year after, and then really go for it? Or can you make some prudent signings along the way? This is my this is the sidebar I talked about really quick because um, you're a guy – you follow the college game. I respect your opinion on it. I think you have eloquent knowledge regarding it. What's your take on George Pickens? Uh, I don't know. Uh, he's he's been injured. You know what I mean. He's right, and well, and he's got off the field stuff. But like, he also could perhaps be the best wide receiver in the draft that could go in that thirty to twenty eight to thirty four range where you guys are going to be with your second round pick, and the Bears are at thirty nine. So I was just kind of curious to see what you mm. what you thought of him. It's funny you bring him up because I was on a website and he's kind of like the. I guess the overall mocked player to them, which surprised me. So then I was doing some reading up on him and lots of good things about him, you know, other than, like you say, we just haven't seen it. But I have lots of superlatives about him. When it comes to receivers, it's basically like Jamison Williams, Burks um, are my top two. And then it starts to filter down from there. And 
I mean, the Lions, everyone here in Detroit's like receiver, 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 receiver. I'm just kind of like, if there's one there that they love and that's an absolute ball player stud that can be your main guy, fine. But, I mean, I feel like I can find receivers anywhere and everywhere, just like I do in fantasy football. Everyone's freaking out, and I'm just like letting receivers fall to me in round four, six, ten. You know what I mean? There's going to be studs throughout, yeah. and that's what I feel like with the NFL draft as well. So I'm not freaking out about wide receiver like like most people, but Pickens is a name to keep an eye on because things I read, he can do it all. You know, he's, if it, when healthy, he might be the best pro, but he doesn't have that kind of buzz with me right now or across the league. He seems more like a guy that might fall into the second and be a steal. Yeah, another nice thing about the Lions, just really quickly before we move on, is you guys do have that, that versatility to – just do best player available, you know, across the board. I don't think there's a quarterback that's going to knock anyone's doors down. You don't have to necessarily maneuver and get up and do that. You guys can take whatever available. Where I do kind of feel like the Bears, with that second-round pick at 39, I mean, you know, wide receiver, cornerback, we're kind of maybe maybe tied to that a little bit more than we probably would like instead of the Lions area where you guys can take best available. So it would be interesting to see. Well, I know this much. The people. And the people consist of the millions. They all agree that the Lions obviously have the edge here in draft picks and cannot wait for the NFL draft. Now let's move to cap space. I'm looking at cap space. I mean, the Lions, they feel like they've got more than they previously had, but some of these teams, man, you look across the league, they got 90 million sitting there or, you know, what the Colts have the other year, like 112, just doing nothing where they can go out and spend on free agents. The Lions have around 40, 45. Um, You know, this is where you're actually going to get an an even, kind of one of those thumbs sideways from me because the Chicago Bears actually have about the same. It seemed to be about 40 million somewhere in that range available. So you guys got a little money to spend and you might need to spend it because I'm seeing uh, some holes in that side of the the roster, just like my Lions. They're going to have to spend money and find the right free agents because that happens before the draft. So if you have a nice free agency and then you combo it with a draft, um, that that looks good. I mean, that's good stuff. Oh, baby. Joey, what do you think? Uh, I'm right there with you, man. It probably is a wash. Um, you know, maybe the Bears could get over to f- over 50 million with a couple of restructuring moves. Obviously, with a new GM in house, you don't want to kick money into the cap for next year, um, especially with players that aren't yours. And honestly, I've been kind of looking at it. The free agent class is not that great. Um, I don't see a ton of top end talent all over the board. Um, guys that you just want to go out and break the bank for. Even in the wide receiver class right now, I mean, God, Godwin got knocked out. Gallup got knocked out. Devontae Adams, we'll see what happens. But I don't know if I'd give a guy, a wide receiver, $20 million right now. I don't know if I'd give Odell Beckham $15, 16000000 million a year. Then you got guys like Christian Kirk a little bit further down the trough, dudes along those lines. So I'm with you to wash. I'm kind of curious to see. I think the Bears and Lions would be smart to just be prudent with their moves. You know, fill some holes, try and find some value signing signings, play the year out, and then just see what your capital, you know, we get our draft capital back, you get your salary cap in a little better shape and see what it's like after after next year. Joe, we had a former guy in this show that used to say things are uh, not that great. But uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I agree. I think this will be a fun class. Uh, there's some names I definitely have highlighted. I can't give those away when I have the enemy here on the podcast with me, so I'll keep those to myself now. Uh, my free agent targets for Lions, that's for another show. But let's keep let's keep this thing moving. I mean, let's move to one of my favorite segments when we're talking about the state of the franchise, and that's the head coach and the general manager. I don't know if you've heard of this guy. His name is Dan Campbell. Dan freaking Campbell. Okay, I mean, you're over there. You're kind of laughing. You're kind of circling. I mean, I, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know what else needs to be said about Dan Campbell except this. We're gonna bite a kneecap off. We're gonna smile at you. We're gonna take your other kneecap. We're gonna smile at you. And when we do, we're gonna take another hunk out of you. We're gonna be the last one standing. All right, that's gonna be the mentality. Joey, we're gonna be the last one standing here in Detroit. So just make a note over there, Chicago. But I love our head coach. I love our general manager. He went out and he found a gem in the fourth round, Amon Ross St. Brown. He found guys in the trenches early. Penny Sewell is already getting fitted for a Hall of Fame jacket. We've got... 
players, young talent. We're probably the youngest team in the National Football League. He's finding guys that were working at the bowling alley that'll be playing on this team next year. And he knows the NFL draft. So our GM is going to dominate this offseason. And our head coach is just an alpha male that could basically beat the hell out of any other coach in National Football League and is putting together a team of grit here in Detroit. Uh, I love it. Uh, well, yeah, in terms of uh, head coach back alley brawls, uh, you guys definitely win uh, in that one. Unfortunately, I mean, I wish I wish there was more meat on the bone for this one. I mean, I this is an INC, right? This is a huge incomplete. We literally just hired our general manager, what, four hours ago, and we don't have a head coach right now. So I don't know how we necessarily debate this. I will say, though, uh, just to rile you up a little bit, if, the, if our head coach is not Jim Caldwell – I don't even care who our next head coach is. He will last longer than Dan Campbell will in Detroit. You've had enough of that. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and I'm sorry to break it to you. Don't be surprised if in a couple days, Joey, you got to check the report. Um, Policy is still the same. Check the report. (laughs) <laughs> that still might be your head coach, and then I'll really be enjoying myself here in the D. Hey, so he should have he should have a street named after him in Detroit after actually getting a winning record with the Lions in this millennia. So good you, good you, good on him. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be crestfallen. I guess <laughs> you can do TBD if you want. That's check box number. What are we on? Two? No, that's three check boxes. Two check no, boxes. That's an and INC. There's that's no a, check That's box. two check boxes for Detroit and a, and an even on the, on on the cap. So let's let's get down to ball play. Players, Joey, let's talk about the actual guys on the football field. Let's start on the offensive side of the football. I mean, we might as well start at the running back position because, you know, here in Detroit, we got this guy named DeAndre Swizzle. He makes plays. He's shifty. He will run you over if he has to. He's a hell of a player. You love him in fantasy. I love him as a human being. He doesn't say much, but he shows up big when he's out there. You got Jamal Williams, Jay Swaggy. We've got a guy named, come on, Craig. Craig Reynolds out there doing things. We've got depth of the position. Checkbox to the Detroit Lions when it comes to state of the franchise at running back. Don't tell me about Montgomery and all these wannabes. Where, I am. Three Cohen I am going to tell year? you about him. <laughs> go, go ahead. I am. This is an easy, easy oh. checkbox for the Chicago Bears. Uh, David Montgomery played 13 games this year. DeAndre Swift played 13 games this year. Who yeah. had more all-purpose yards? David Montgomery. Same amount of touchdowns. Seven touchdowns. David Montgomery is the heartbeat and soul and engine of our offense. He's already a leader on this team. DeAndre Swift is a walking questionable. You don't know if he's showing up or if he's sitting out on Sunday. The Jamal Williams, I guess, versus Khalil Herbert. I mean, we have Khalil Herbert on a rookie contract, so maybe he's got a little bit more youth there. But, I mean, come on, man. I mean, dude, how many times you got to check the practice report on Fridays if DeAndre (laughs) Swift is going to play or not? Dave Montgomery shows up, and we can talk about numbers or the intangibles off the field. Dave Montgomery, checkbox, bears, boom, baby. Did you say check the report? Um, Policy is still the same. (laughs) Check the report. Still still questionable. DeAndre Swift, shoulder, whatever, groin. What is it? What, what, What difference does it make? He's not practicing. I almost had to call Dan freaking Campbell in during half your your rant right there. You've had enough of that. (laughs) I've had enough of that. Jay, so we we were definitely higher in rushing as a team than Chicago Bears. We can go three, four deep. You got one football player that, oh, wow, he played 13 games. Congratulations. Where was Tariq Cohen? Oh, yeah, couldn't play at all. Where's your depth? Oh, some guy named Cleo Herbert Herbert. was half decent. Wow, he had a couple games. Congratulations. What's he ever done? Nothing. Okay, checkbox Detroit Lions. Keep this moving. Let, let's move Keep over getting to... the Packers scraps at running back. <laughs> Go ahead. Take your Let... Jamal Adams. Keep taking your cheese heads and just mm-hmm. enjoy yourself. I, I will gladly take Jay Swag. He's a beast. He's kind of kooky off the field, but he's much better he's than anything kooky. you got in Chicago. Like Love that player. So let, let, let's move to a, a position you might snicker at, my friend. But this is another one that I believe the Detroit Lions have the advantages. And that's hold. Wait for it. Wait for it wide receiver you want to know why <laughs> because Amon Ross showed to be an absolute consistent ball player now do I think this guy's an all-world just pro bowler no but do I think he played like a top flight you know top end receiver multiple games probably what eight straight games in this year yeah he's gritty he's grimy he's gonna be a problem year after year Josh Reynolds I want to stay on the Detroit Lions he was silky smooth he's catching the ball deep making plays Quintez Cephas got hurt. 
He's got some upside. And the reason I give this checkbox to the Detroit Lions is because I'm a, I'm a seer of the future, Joey. I see them adding one, two, maybe even a third stud and making this just a dominant unit for Jared Goff to sling the ball around in 2022. So I know you got Allen Robinson. You got your guy, what's his name, Mooney or some guy you were talking big noise about. He was okay. He's better than I expected because I had never heard of him before. I'm giving the checkbox both now and in the future at the wide receiver position to the Lions. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> well, uh, first of all, to say something about Amon Ross St. Brown, a really cool story, though, right, where you draft a rookie, a guy who in training camp, everyone says this guy's awesome. He already treats himself like a veteran, a pro route runner, starts his season, doesn't really work out for him, but by the end of the year, he turns into that number one guy. That's just a cool story. I like to hear that. But, again, uh, you might want to look up Darnell Mooney one more time because uh, he had more receiving yards than Amon Ross St. Brown this year, all right? The receptions, almost exactly the same. The touchdowns, almost exactly the same. Darnell Mooney, same comp- type of comp, great route runner, veteran, already has great rapport with our dude Justin Fields, who's actually going to be our quarterback in the next couple of years instead of your rent a golf that you have over there on the side. And, dude, I'm with you, man. We should revisit this in a couple months because I think both of our wide receiver rooms are going to have huge overturn, right? Like, Amon Ross St. Brown, look, I'm sorry, but Josh Reynolds doesn't give you the edge in anything in life, even though he's a nice complimentary receiver. But I am interested to see both of us adding to that room, right? Like, Allen Robinson's not coming back to the Bears. He's going to go somewhere else. Um, You know, if you guys want to sign him to a one-year prove-it deal, you know, knock yourself out. Do whatever. (laughs) But it will be curious to see. It's Mooney on our side, St. Brown on your side, and then what do we add either through the draft or free agency moving forward to kind of help complement that room? Because I think both of us can agree that both of our wide receiver rooms need a ton of help. Like, we need more receivers on both sides. We do need receivers. Give me the sun god, ARSB, over your boy Mooney. This guy's a rookie. Your guy's been bouncing around the league for a few years. So I'll take the about? It's his second year, Derek. Day. Derek, it's his second year. And it's the first year he did anything. So, uh, you know, he woke up. Congratulations. Give, give it to the Lions there at wide receiver. Now, I want to move to quarterback, Joey, and I'm going to pass this to you first because I have the Bears as the advantage here for now. And here's the thing. Yes. I've heard you beat up on Jared Goff. I get my boy uh, Chops here on the show. He absolutely loves everything Jared Goff. I consist that he continues week after week to show me that uh, he can't throw. Um, But this guy, like, he put together a really nice second half. I feel if you surround him with weapons, he showed that he can be good again. Like, how good? I don't know. Can he throw spirals? No. But... I mean, your rookie didn't do too much towards the back half of the year while Jared Goff is winning ball games and having a great quarterback rating, barely any picks. So I'm not ready to totally write this guy off, but can I win at an ultimate high level with number 16 throwing wobbly spirals like I did when I was six in the backyard? No. Well, I mean, look, like, wow, Jared Goff plays well when the season doesn't matter. What a shocker. Uh, I'm so I'm so surprised. Um, and then, in fact, you didn't hear a lot about Justin Fields in the second half because he was hurt the whole time. Um, look, man, you, you know where I stand on this. And the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers that listen to this pod when I'm on, you guys know this. You guys deserve better than Jared Goff. Um, you know, root for him, play out this next year, and then just move on. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's that's just what you guys got to do. There's better options out there. I mean, even if there is the world where somehow there's some sort of crazy shakeup, you know what I mean? And I don't know. Let's just say in the quarterback tree, a Derek Carr falls down and he's available. I would go out in a heartbeat and I would go out and give him if I'm the Detroit Lions. And whatever no. you got to do, eat the money, whatever it is. I will say that you guys need to find someone to back him up, right? You guys can't do this David Blau, Tim Boyle nonsense. I'd go out, I'd do a Tyrod Taylor, someone that can at least push Jared Goff. And if you do put someone in instead of Goff when he when he poops the bed, which eventually he will, you guys will at least continue to be competitive in games and not put yourself at a disadvantage with Tim Boyle. Uh, look, man, Justin Fields, if you want to play the numbers game, let's do it. Put his numbers up against Josh Allen in his rookie season. Uh, if you want to do on-the-field stuff, you know, look, I, there's a lot of stuff that had me pretty dang excited in moments. Uh, his highlight reel is is top notch. If you want to go on the socials and check it out, but I will say, and Derek, man, you know this, <laughs> you know he's at the point in his career over the next two years, and I don't want to make a declaration on anyone. And anyone that wants to make a declaration on a rookie quarterback after ten starts, I don't know what to tell you. But he's at that point, man, where like you know everyone's like he's got to learn how to read a blitz and learn how to get through his progressions and all this other stuff. It's like, you know, every quarterback has to do that. 
and you either figure it out or you don't, right? We want to talk about developing and the coaches and all this other kinds of stuff. I mean, for these guys, they either figure out how to read that defense and get to that second level or use your eyes to move a linebacker off of whatever your throwing lane is. You either figure out how to do that stuff or you don't. So I'm optimistic about Justin Fields. This is the easiest check mark of any of this debate that we're probably going to have. Um, but am I 100% sure that Justin Fields is going to be a slam dunk? No, I don't really play that game anymore, but I do think he has a ton of potential and all the physical skills to succeed. So in summary, um, DeAndre Swift's injuries are a big issue, yet your quarterback being consistently hurt. And when he played at times, very poor, but uh, neither of those things matter. And my question back to you very quickly, how is Mr. Fields doing in the singing category recently? Every time. You love him. Yeah. You that love him singing. I, I, we, can we get Jared Goff singing? <laughs> oh, can Goff my goodness. sing? That, that's the reason the Lions didn't have, want anything to do with Fields, do that singing clip. He that can't, I, he can't I, sing. I won't, even, I won't <laughs> even bring it up here on the show. It'll ruin our ratings. All right, so I got one more on the offensive side of the ball. Again, everybody knows the offensive line. We're totally superior. But when we talk about – I put the yeah. punter on the offensive side of the ball because the Detroit Lions have a guy named Mr. Jack Fox. This guy is the best punter in all of football. Normally I'm like, ah, you know, kickers are people too. Who gives a care? Um, but this guy consistently booms 50. 60 yarders in the air consistently penning people back he is a weapon he is important I don't know if he's like a free agent restricted free agent whatever he's gonna stay here and I had to put him on my list because he's a hell of a player and uh, definitely superior to anything over there in Chicago so we don't need to spend five minutes on the punter but I had to sneak him in because that's a check mark all day every day the guy's a beast good for you uh our, our punters our punters are free agent right now so i mean it's it's good to have that it's good to have those type of positions locked up for a long time right like yes punter yes. snapper kicker you want those guys to be on your team for 10 to 12 years when you find yes. that you just got to keep them in house so i'm, oh, I'm we, on board we, with that we feel feel great about those spots so let, let's move to defensive side of the ball joey i mean again kind of looking at my short list right here i mean i'm looking at the defensive line i know you got a bunch of gray hair guys up there a bunch of guys that did things like five, ten years ago, but I'm looking at young Robert cats. Quinn. Wait, hold on. Wait, 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 five, ten years. Robert Quinn just had 18 and a half sacks. Robert Quinn was drafted in 09.5. <laughs> he was drafted in I, 2009. He, I mean, this guy's still pretty way good, past dude. his due. He's, he's got like a good. he's got like a brain tumor. I mean, congrats. He had a good year with sacks. I mean, how many wins did that get oh, you? Like, we've got guys like Oquara. We've got a Lee McNeil, Levi. Tears Achilles. Wait, what? We're probably gonna get. Aiden Hutchinson at the number two pick in the in the draft. Mm. I mean, this defensive line for now and for the future, which we're talking about the state of the franchise, I mean, it seems to be a clear pick for the Detroit Lions, if you ask me. Well, okay, you're projecting <laughs> that you take Hutchinson or Thibodeau with your draft. So you're kind of, you're cheating. Just a little bit, just a little <laughs> bit of a cheat. But I don't know, Robert Quinn just set the franchise record for Bears sacks in a single season. They still have a guy named Khalil Mack coming off of foot surgery next year. It's something Ooh. that he should have gotten done over two years ago. And I'm guarantee you right now, Khalil Mack is looking for his next contract next year. So at least 12 or 13 sacks on that side of the ball. I mean, that was one of our big, biggest strengths moving forward. You got guys like Bilal Nichols. You got Jeremy Angelo Blackson. Maybe they bring back Akeem Hicks. Um, and if I remember correctly, when we played the Lions this year, Jared Goff and his tiny hands had a hard time hanging out of the football with us trying to get after them. So <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know about this one. Uh, I'm, I'm going to advantage Bears on this. So in summary, you've got a guys that are anywhere between the age of 30 and 34 years old that you're hanging your hat on as edge rushers and penetrators in the league, while the Lions have guys in their early 20s uh, that are ready to just dominate. Okay, I got you. Um, I, I ready you but know. haven't yet dominated. There's a, there's a key there. <laughs> Joey, I want to I wanna throw you a, a, a nugget, a gift here on the show, and I'm going to go to the linebacker position. I mean... The Lions have Derek Barnes in the pipeline. We may draft someone like N'Kobe Dean. Um, Christian Harris might look nice in a Lions uniform. But for now, we've got Barnes and Agent Anzalone, Jalen Reeves-Maben. I'm going to give you a check mark at linebacker. You've got Roquan. He gets a lot of pub. He's hurt a lot as well. But he makes some plays when he's out there and other players. So I'm going to, by default, give you linebacker check because you're really not checking many other boxes here in the state of the franchise. The Lions are obviously the superior team, as we've uh, you know um, <laughs> proven here on the podcast. So go ahead and bloviate about your linebackers for, I mean, at least 30 seconds. 
No, no, we only, we only need to do 10. Roquan Smith is the best f- defensive player on either team right now. Uh, we'll be curious to see if he's the best defensive player in the entire NFC North next year. Uh, dude's a monster. He goes sideline to sideline. Uh, no no argument here. Easy check mark for the Bears. So, Joey, let's move to cornerbacks. Now, I haven't, I couldn't name you a Bears corner in forever. I mean, they may have had a guy named Fuller, but other than that, you've had a bunch of scrubs out there, right? A bunch of true fonts and who knows who, right? The Detroit Lions, let me run down their cornerbacks real quick. Mr. Okuda coming back off injury. We've got this guy <laughs> named on, parenthesis. A, <laughs> you, you've been hammering me about injuries, but Okuda is, is definitely yes. not a sure thing to come back and be good. But go ahead. He's due for a breakout year. Let, let, I'm trying to run down these superior <laughs> players we have on this team. Break we've got out, this guy out leg. <laughs> we've got this guy named AO. Oh, baby. He had tons of interceptions this year. He played like a Pro Bowl football player. We have this other guy. I don't know if you've heard of him. His government is Jerry Jacobs, but here on the podcast, he's Jury, J-U-U-U-R-R-R-R-Y-Y-Y-Y. Jerry Jacobs is an undrafted kid making plays. He's got swagger. He unfortunately had an injury towards the late part of this year, but if he's back healthy, he's going to be something to deal with. Love his game. We've got guys playing the slot now. AJ Parker's new. Other players like the Detroit Lions, if they add a corner or two in free agency or a rookie class, this is shaping up to be the first group of guys that can actually cover people that I've seen probably as a fan of the Lions. So check mark to the Detroit Lions. Cause I couldn't name one player on your side of the ball. when We're talking state of the franchise corners. Uh, his name is Jalen Johnson. If you look up PFF, he was top five mm-hmm. in passes deflected last year. He's going to be his third year. He's going to be a top corner. On the other side, I liked him in the draft. Uh, by the way, on the other on the other side, we're going to have to probably draft somebody. You know, what I mean, in the second round, we try to do this rotating cast. Desmond Truvant, by the way, he came to training camp. He didn't even make it to the team because he had a passing in his family, uh, so he didn't even play football last year. Um, and then, yeah, and I mean, again, like that's going to be a huge thing that the Bears are going to have to look at. And that's I think that's why they're looking at a lot of defensive coordinator types, perhaps as head coach is because in that cornerback area, they are really going to have to do something on that second side there to fortify that and maybe find someone on the nickel position to play to as well, because the rotating cast hasn't been, you know, I, I don't think it's up to snuff the way that we want to. Thankfully, our defensive front is so good that it isn't that big of a deal, but it's something that we definitely want to improve on. Very, very well stated. Uh, Jalen Johnson is a player I liked in the draft. He he has come along decent after having an injury-riddled uh, rookie year, I believe it was, but he's playing a bit better. I still like the future and the current situation. Mr. Okuda comes back and isn't a complete bum, which I don't think he is. But again, I'm going to throw if, you another if, bum. Yeah, dude, I'm with you. If, but like, you know. <laughs> That's a, that's an if, right? Pre- this is the state of the franchise. We need to project forward. I can't be dealing with what happened 10 years ago, okay? And the, what I want to do is give you another bone here because the Detroit Lions safeties have been garbage. Now, everyone here wants to say, oh, Tracy Walker, I love him. He's this, he's that. We need to pay him. He's incredible. Tracy Walker has like two picks in like three years. He has 100 tackles every year because nobody else is getting the ball carry before it gets to him. He's a decent player. We might bring him back, but I'm not hanging my hat on him. And Will Harris is horrible. Everyone's acting like he had a good end of the year. This guy can't cover a coffee table. And we've got a bunch of no good cast off bowling alley candidates back there so they need to invest i'm not even against kyle hamilton early if they want to make a huge splash i need like two three safeties that can actually play so regardless of who you have they're better than what the lions have at the safety position uh, I'm just so happy that you said that. Um, I was so worried you were going to make the case for your safeties, and I was just going to like lose my mind because I'm sorry, Lions fans. When you leave the party, uh, we make fun of your safeties in secondary. When you're not around, uh, we're making fun of them. Uh, the entire league is pointing at your safeties secondary position and laughing at it. So uh, I'm glad you said that. And our secondary isn't that great either, but but damn it, it's way better than your guys' situation. Something you definitely got to try and figure out. But again, Derek, you know what I mean? Like, we both we both like our defensive lines, right? Like, and if those continue to progress, and you do get a guy like Hutchinson and Thibodeau, this this the safety thing isn't as big of a problem, right? If you're getting to the quarterback and you're putting him on his butt, you know who you have as your strong and your free safety isn't that important, you know what I mean? So hopefully that's something that both teams can figure out. 
See, I, I don't want to go on a big tangent rant there, but I love the safety position. I feel like that's a position you can cover, you can blitz, you can tackle, you can turn the football over, you can uh, scheme up your defense around a, a versatile safety. So I've been a proponent of investing in that position. And again, like I said, I don't know that they will take the leap of faith, but I feel like there's some good safeties in those first few rounds that I would be heavily targeting mm-hmm. if I was Brad Holmes to get this fixed, um, you know, Moving Harris like four spots down the depth chart would be helpful. But like like I said, I gave you the checkbox, but now I might take it away because we might re-sign Tracy. He might finally reach his potential. We add uh, two, three guys, both in free agency and the draft. Next thing you know, we have dynamic ball hawking, blitzing safeties here in Detroit. Checkbox Lions. Okay. So, (laughs) Joey. No, no, no. You can't go back. You can't go back on that, Derek. You already handed out the checkbox. It left the courier. It's down the street. You can't run down the street after the car for the checkbox. It's gone. Take Joey, it. Ours. Let's let's end it with this. I I I wanted to give the people a jam-packed 20 to 40 minute show. I think we're going on nearly an hour now. Me and you could do this for multiple hours. Um, talk about our teams, talk about the National Football League, rant, give takes on everything. We could do it all day, but let me say this. It's very clear that the state of the franchise has multiple, a plethora, let's say, of checkboxes for the Detroit Lions, a couple for the Chicago Bears. So obviously, when you're comparing state of the franchise, the winner here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast is the Detroit Lions. But I want to say this. I don't want to you know, get into a big argument with you. It's obviously, it's clear. We know it. The, the thing I want to end on is the Detroit Lions are going to be coaching the Senior Bowl next week. The Bears, they're going to be coaching the Senior Bowl. The Bears are still looking for a coach. The Lions have an exciting, they're in an exciting place when it comes to free agency. Chicago, not a fun place to be right now. The Lions are full of draft capital heading into the NFL draft. The Bears, as we noted earlier, again, are unfamiliar with what a first round pick looks or tastes like. And they only have... Uh, enough picks to barely hold in the palm of one hand where the Detroit Lions have multiple handfuls of picks this year, next year, and moving forward. So Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, I want to tell you that the state of the franchise is bright. We are about ready to embark on dominating the NFC North while Green Bay, Minnesota, and yes, Joey Chicago Bears tumble downward in a downward spiral while the Lions here in the city of Detroit rise up and do what we have not done in my lifetime, and that is win the division, win playoff games, and dare I say, move ourselves closer to a Super Bowl appearance here for the Detroit Lions. Drink it in, man. Cornbread! Joey, I turn to you for a, a comment. Um, you know, Charles Rogers, Joey Harrington, have fun with your draft picks, Lions. Uh, knock yourselves out. Um, and look, man, I will tell you that it's going to be really an exciting offseason. You know, we, we, tried to, we tried to will it to happen last year, but maybe this is actually the year that Aaron Rodgers leaves the NFC North, um, which would totally just completely blow open the division. Uh, you know, especially, and we've talked about it on this pod too, we've been calling it for a while that the Vikings – you know, I, it looks like they're going, they're they're trending in the wrong direction too, as well. So we could see an upheaval in the NFC North. But you know, I, I tell you, um, <laughs> I'm I'm happy for you guys. Uh, I'm proud of you guys uh, for the way that you feel. But you know, uh, on this pod, you said the Lions were going to win more games than the Bears this year. You were wrong, and I'm excited to see you go 0 for two next year. Um, you know, I think the Lions are pointing the right direction, buddy. But I just don't think it's time yet. And, uh, and and we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? It, it, it's totally possible that an eight and nine could win the NFC North if Rodgers leaves next year, which everyone will make fun of us. But who cares? Right. We're going to the playoffs. So let's rock and roll. Let's have a good time. I cannot wait for this offseason. The 2022 football season cannot get here soon enough. Um, Joey, I, I, I think I've given you, I mean, I, I pumped you up to begin the show. I told people they got to head over to Roto Baller. You know, we got the at Joey Sports Guy handle. I mean, you're doing Burger King commercial. Is there anything else that you want to pub here? Because you are the king, man. You are the man. It is so much fun having you on, and you just bring the heat and make people laugh all day, every day here in the pod. I can't thank you enough, man. 
Uh, Derek, man, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, Happy New Year. Excited to do this with you this year. Uh, more NFL news continues to develop. Again, yeah, follow me on Twitter or Instagram at Joey Sports Guy. Uh, go, obviously, you can check out you know Bet on Chicago, where I do a bunch of different Chicago sports. And not just Chicago sports. We talk pop culture. We talk movies. I've been talking to, trying to talk to a lot of mental health professionals, too, as well. So there's a lot of reasons to go over there, even if you aren't a Lions fan. Check that out. And then, of course, Believe in Bears, the former Bears defensive end, Corey Wooten. Uh, you can also check that out on YouTube, too, as well. Believe now has a YouTube channel. We've been doing some shows there. But getting some great guests. Um, hoping to have a bunch of great more coming up soon. Uh, rotoballer.com and then of course if you want to have some fun and you like heavy metal music right now with John Goblicon continues its season right now new episode every couple of weeks just type in right now John Goblicon watch for a couple minutes and you will see me on it Derek thank you man so much for having me on Joey you're the man putting out great videos having great guests Uh, always love having you on the show and letting me attack your Chicago Bears and do what I do here for the people, which is pub up my Detroit Lions. So I will simply leave you with this state of the franchise prognostication from Dan freaking Campbell. This place has been kicked, battered, it's been bruised, and I can sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. That uh, None of that matters, and you guys don't want to hear it anyway. You've had enough of that shit, so excuse exactly. me. We're going to kick you in the teeth, uh, yep. and when you punch us back, we're going to smile at you, and when you yep. knock us down, we're going to get up. And we're going to get up, up we're Joey. We're going to bite a kneecap off. We're going to bite right. a kneecap. We're stand up, and then it's going to take two more shots to knock Two us more down. shots to put us right. down. And on the way up, we're going to take your other kneecap, and we're going to yep. get up, and then it's going to take three shots to get us down. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. Before, <laughs> before long, we're going to be the last one standing. All right? That's going to be the mentality. Joey, that's a checkbox for a head coach. That's two kneecaps, double checkbox, and we're taking hunks out of people in 2022. (laughs) We're taking hunks and kneecaps, everybody. I'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Drink it in, man.